You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey everyone, welcome to episode 27 of That's Awesome with Joe. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm home in New England this week, so I have been absent from social media and all that stuff so i apologize to everyone that's reached out and we haven't been able to respond but i know josh has been on there responding to messages so thanks josh for keeping everything going um this week on the pod we have joey tyler of the band varsity um this is a band that i've been hearing a lot about and and honestly haven't uh really given the time to check it out until uh, I had the opportunity to interview Joey, and, and I'm definitely glad I did. Uh, it's definitely a style of music that I've been getting more and more into that's mixing kind of the modern pop R&B sound with that heavier influence of the metalcore scene and everything. So uh, this was a lot of fun for me, mostly just because Joey and I have such a similar uh, view of how to write music and and what makes a good song and all that stuff. So. I'd say if you are a, an aspiring musician or a songwriter or even just trying to get your band off the ground, uh, Joey provides some pretty great insight and, and just kind of, I guess, a different kind of mindset going into, um, I guess, marketing his band and, and just uh, having his own personality show through the music and stuff like that. So I think it was pretty great. And I, I had a, a lot of fun talking to Joey. Um, and also he talked a lot about, uh, video games and fashion and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, this is great. So I'm not going to take up too much more time. Uh, I'll just add, um, let's see. I do have some news coming out shortly this week. I'm not going to announce it quite yet, but in the upcoming days, if you take a look at my socials, uh, I have a new platform that I'm a part of that's launching. We'll give you guys some more opportunities to interact with me and structure your music and have my input on that or whatever you guys are looking for. So more more info coming on that soon. But uh, without further ado, I will send it over to you.
Joey Tyler from Varsity on the podcast. Joey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, so let me give you a little bit of background on on what I know of your band. Um, it's kind of how I usually start, just so we have a good foothold to to kind of build off of. Um, so, I actually, you know, I I ha- I'll be honest, I haven't done a super deep dive into you guys. You, you guys seem to have a name that's been buzzing for I want like at least the last six to twelve months. I feel like I've just seen your name just popping up everywhere. Um, and I took a listen, um, yesterday I flew from, um, LA to Boston and you were the only thing that I had downloaded on my phone. <laughs> so I got plenty of listening time, uh, and I'm, I'm super into it. I, I love the mm-hmm. like mix of styles with like a lot of these bands doing that pop influenced heavy, like R and B kind of stuff. And, and you guys seem to have gotten that down like pretty, pretty well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it, and uh, I'm curious to hear, like, you know, what your influences are and where you came from and everything. But, but let's start out with, um, with just yourself. Why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and just like a quick intro to the band, and then we'll kind of do a deep dive. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Joey. I live in New York City. I do nothing except for play video games and eat food and write music. And that is, <laughs> that's my life story. That's been <laughs> forever. That's pretty good. I, I like just got into video games and I, and I now understand why people play them so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't one of, imagine one my life my... without video games. Like I, I don't know why, but <laughs> I, I used to play them a lot more than I do now. But um, I guess as I got older, like I got busier and things, and, and video games are a super good way of distracting myself from <laughs> just doing any anything terrible that I can think of. So, you know, a big shout yeah. out to video games. Thank you for saving my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I had a student, uh, one, one person I was helping their their band write songs, and he just like, I was talking to him about how I never, I, I haven't had a game console since I was like, I want to say like 11 or 12 and I'm 31 now. And so he just sent me his old Xbox with all these games on it. And it's just like, I can't believe how much more detailed these games are now than oh, they were. Yeah. Like, I really just haven't played them at all since then. Yeah, so it's like, I, it's like a whole new thing for me. It's kind of like playing through movies now. Like these things, technology yeah. has gotten so advanced that it's it's sometimes hard to distinguish what is actually digital and what isn't when you're playing video games. Um, I know before, yeah. back in the day, like I would play a video game and there'd be like some cut screen and then there'd be some actors acting. But now it's all in game and you can't even really tell. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I love like how like the storylines i get super like invested in like just like a movie like it's so entertaining to me it's it's Um, literally the best but anyway there's there's the first tangent um (laughs) so yeah let's go back though so um before varsity um i was reading online a little bit did it start as just a solo project yeah so um varsity is about five maybe six years old um I started it by myself uh, in Florida. I was in Florida for a little bit. uh, And I wanted to do, you know, just put out some music. And I started writing songs and putting them out and just kind of just having fun with getting back into music because I stopped doing music uh, for a little Mm -hmm. bit. 
And were you, what were you doing before? Before that, I was I was doing music. I was um I've always been either like a merch person or like involved in some type of like you know something that had to do with shows. I was in like a couple of local bands, yeah. and I just gotcha. completely stopped doing it. I moved to Florida for about a year, and um, I stopped doing it while I was in Florida. And then at the end of my stay there, I started doing it again. Just started writing songs and putting them out. And then when I moved back to New York I City, I got the most insane urge to play shows so i just started grabbing my friends to play the instruments to what i wrote and here we are now that's great um when let me you said you mentioned you were in some local bands we we had a theme going on the on the show where uh we shared our our first band's names do you remember your first band name my very first band name is the most embarrassing band name ever i was in a band (laughs) called it was a high school band called cold fusion (laughs) We were like a like a punk oh, rock dude, that's band. Not that bad. <laughs> that's pretty bad, man. At least for me. I think about so that sometimes, and I'm like, wow, I was in a high school band called Cold Fusion, but I didn't um, I didn't play guitar in that band or sing. I played drums. I started off as a drummer, and I don't think a lot of people know that. I actually, I don't think anyone knows that. Really, that kind of makes sense. That makes yeah. sense for what you're doing now, though. It's very like rhythm based stuff. Yeah, you know. I, I think that's honestly where yeah. most of my rhythm comes from because I started off as a drummer. And, um, and then, uh, one day I got into guitar and that was, I don't know. I just kind of transitioned. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone that wants to be in a band at some point picks up a guitar. Cause I start, I was a piano player, uh, from a very early age and then slowly picked up bass and guitar as I wanted to play music with my friends in middle school and stuff. And gotcha. then just it goes from there, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's cool. Um, and you said you were like doing merch and stuff. Were you were you touring or was it all just kind of local? Stuff? I started off doing like local shows, um, and then I did. I got my first opportunity. I did merch for uh, Let Live back when they were like a thing. Um, that's how I met Jason. Oh. And then I did the whole touring merch thing. I worked Warped Tour for a couple of years. Uh, so I did merch. Um, I got to know like I got to meet like a bunch of industry people, which is really cool. Uh, and then when I moved to mm-hmm. Florida, I got introduced to uh, Cameron Mizell, who uh, at the time was like the biggest, the one of the biggest producers in the world. <laughs> I, I got introduced mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. Who, uh, I met this kid named Sean Christmas, who ended up doing our last EP. And um, that's how I got back into music. But yeah, I, I've been like touring and doing something music related pretty much forever now. Yeah. And is that like, was that like kind of a driving factor for starting your own thing? Like, did you want to take your own thing on tour or were you just happy being on the road in general? I don't know if it was uh, doing my, you know, wanting to do the, the whole touring thing on my own. I, I like doing it, but at the same time, I, I kind of always felt like that was as good as it was going to get for me. So I just did it because I wanted to be involved in music somehow. And I thought that was it. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a back end guy and I'll, I should settle with this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, when, when were you touring with Let Live? Jesus, what that years? was... I don't even remember. I'm trying to think if we made a cross paths. Uh, it, uh, was when, no. it was when Mother came out. Okay. No, I think this was before. That must have been before. That was like 2013 or 2014, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Somewhere yeah. around that. Something like, it was around gotcha. that time. Got it. Okay. Well, that's cool. I think we have. we probably have a lot of uh similar acquaintances because i know a lot do. of people from that world I, as well i can't yeah. tell you how many times i'll run into somebody i'll meet somebody and we'll start talking and 
someone will say a name and I'm like, I know that person. They're like, oh my God, I know that person. Yeah. Where do you know them from? And then the, the whole conversation starts where it's like, wait, we may have been in the same room at some point in time. We just it's never crazy. So now. Yeah. yeah, dude, the last dude I just interviewed, we found out we worked for the same company at the same time in the same town. Holy it was crap. Really crazy. Is- <laughs> like before we That's were touring. Insane. Yeah, oh, nuts. that is crazy. Yeah, yep, pretty wild. Um, but anyway, let's let's kind of dive into. Uh, I want to I want to dive into the band. So yeah, yeah, you started as a solo project. Mm-hmm. This was down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, when you started it, was it was it like it was just an outlet to create music, or or did you have the ambition to kind of take it yeah. and make it a thing? No, I I just wanted to put out music, and um, it was at that time that I actually started. Mm fully singing um i never actually fronted a band up until actually up until this band uh and so i i just wanted to write music and sing over it because i i really started getting back into singing and i Mm -hmm. I didn't have any goals for it any ambitions any anything i just wanted to put out music that i liked and so that's exactly what i did yeah so you just kind of sat down and did it and and was it you were just writing and recording yourself yeah, so um, my very first EP I wrote, and uh, <clears throat> I had learned how to record, but I wasn't uh, wasn't very good at it. So uh, one of my good friends, Kyle, mixed uh, the the first EP for me, which ended up being the Lights EP. Got it. Um, and and what did you always want that style, like that R and B style? Um, <clears throat> I want to say yeah, but I don't actually, I don't actually know. I don't. There's no plan to this. Um. I'm just an R&B you singer. And writing. Yeah, I I I get random guitar riffs and I just I play them and then I just sing over them. So there's there's literally no formula for anything I do. Yeah, I love that though because that's like I don't know. I I write a lot of pop music. Like I pretty much only listen to pop, honestly. <laughs> um, and. Um, that's like where I spend my time off tours. I'm a writer for a lot of stuff. Gotcha. And, um, just pulling those loops and just having the freedom to just kind of go nuts with like, I don't know. I just feel like R&B vocals and pop vocals have a lot more room and like, uh, a bill. I don't know. I guess it's a lot more accepted to do these like runs and, and rhythmic phrases is, is where I get like super excited is yeah, like how you're able to manipulate the vocal rhythmically differently in that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, there's something about writing pop music that like, it just makes me like excited. So like I'll sing something and I'll sing it over like a loop. And just the fact that I can, you know, just to alter things to go with, let's say it's a, a keyboard loop to make the vocals like fit well with some keys. And then you'll be like, Oh, this will, if this key goes minor, I can do this with my voice kind of thing. Like I've always, I've always loved that about pop. There was always that aspect of it that kind of like just hooked me in. And, right. <laughs> and, and I listen to so much pop. It's not even funny. Yeah. I mean, that's all I do too. And, and the thing that I also find interesting about it is like a lot of these like major pop songs, if you listen to them and you were to take away the vocal, there's really like nothing happening with them. It's oh, yeah. super empty and it and the vocal just really takes over and carries it. And that's something yeah. that I feel like I wish there was more of in, in like modern rock music too. Well, the thing with modern rock music is that as a musician, a lot of a lot of musicians these days kind of just they just want to show off. 
you know, they start writing music, but then yes. they, they get lost in it. And they're like, oh, I can do all these shreddy things and I can do all this stuff. And it's like, it shouldn't be about what you can do. It should be about what fits the song and what makes the song sound good. Uh, so you get it. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't, I, you get that's it. one of the, that's one of the main things I've learned from pop. Like I listen, I, I'm a super huge Justin Bieber fan. Um, I've stripped his music before and literally noticed I'm like, okay, it's one loop that plays for three minutes and they just add a different texture every couple of seconds for like the chorus or like a pre-chorus and his vocals are what carry the song, but no right. one ever, you know, he's never doing too much. He's, he's doing exactly what's right for the song. Are you a big Bieber fan? I am, man. I love all of his work. I have no shame, and I love everything he's ever put out. Me too, dude. He's I think great. He's incredible. <laughs> he's 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 really a, a truly inspiring. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, um, dude. Yeah, okay. I'm really excited now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gonna get really pissed off at me after this interview. Um, I, <laughs> I said it a couple of times, and someone someone called me out for it online. That I think like rock music in general over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, hasn't really moved that much. Whereas if you look at like pop music yeah. and R&B and, and hip hop, like those genres change so, yeah. so fast. Like yeah. year by year, you can tell the difference between the music, like the trends. And mm -hmm. do you remember like, I think it was maybe like 10, 10 years ago when there was just like saxophone samples all over everything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, and then that went away like the next year, and there was something else. It's it's just really interesting to follow that stuff. Yeah, man, pop music is constantly changing. I don't I don't necessarily think that metal or metal core music doesn't change, but I think it changes really slowly. And I think a lot yeah. of that is yeah. because um, <clears throat> a lot of musicians are afraid to try new things, and that's yeah. something I noticed from just being surrounded by other by other musicians i also do like writing sessions for some bands now and um yeah. i noticed a lot of musicians are really afraid to take chances like they'll they'll say oh i want to be this pop heavy band but then when you start writing the song they pull back and they're like oh but the, the metalcore crowd isn't gonna isn't gonna accept us so just right. don't do that and it's like bro you should never worry about you know that kind of thing when you're writing music it has to be something that you genuinely believe in you love it and you want to put it out because you believe in it if other people like it then they'll accept it for that and if other people you know if some people don't like it that's also fine music is super subjective not everyone is going to love your stuff yeah i think one of the best things that's happened um to metal music in the past i don't know probably decade or so is that it's been so much easier for bands to make their own music and they can oh, yeah. start using things other than guitars, bass, and drums, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. just the ability to add any sort of auxiliary percussion or any sort of other production stuff underneath that is like a game changer. And you can really hear it, um, especially like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel like local metal bands, like bands that are growing are so much better than they were oh, yeah. like, like 10 years ago when I was doing all that stuff. They're like Dude. worlds better and take themselves so much more seriously. And everyone's got a music video and everyone's going to book a tour. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's nuts. It's insane, man. Like there's been times where I've been on tour and I've seen local bands play and I've stopped and literally just been in awe. Like, how is this band yeah. not huge? Like these bands are getting that you don't have to, you know, they don't have to pay thousands of dollars to a producer. Cause now like everything is so accessible. You can just sit home, 
practice and like just really get in tune with like your craft and actually put out something that's incredible as a local band now. And I find that to be amazing. Yeah, I love it. And and the thing, I think that there will be, I, well, it's tough because I I never hate, I never want to tell people like, you know, f- to, to not focus as much on the music, but it does make it more of like a, you need to ner- learn how to run a business at this point, oh, yeah. because the, 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 I guess, I guess it's like everyone has the ability to write good quality music now. So you need mm-hmm. to learn how to get it out there to people, mm-hmm. you know, Agreed. um, it's interesting. It's just the internet era. Yeah. And something I'm very uncomfortable and unfamiliar with, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. The internet era is kind of weird. Um, it's something that I haven't fully gotten used to either. Um, but I'm, I've, I spend hours on it a day just trying to learn because I, now that I'm at, in the position that I, I am now, I, you know, I, I do want to be somewhat successful at this. And I know that the internet is a super important thing when it comes Huge. to how, yeah, how you promote your band and how people view you and just everything else. So it's kind of weird, but it's definitely needed. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because I came from like growing up playing in local bands. I still have that very DIY mentality where it's just play as many shows as possible, book your own tour, yeah. sleep on the floor, and then, you know, repeat. Well, and that, that's that it. Kind of, and, and that that's still works. Kind of not, I, like, it I, does, but you you can't do that without the other thing anymore. Oh, yeah. No, you need like, both you, can't, you have to have, yeah, you have to have a strong internet presence and like, really good imagery around it right Mm -hmm. like the imagery is super important like i was i think i was on i was going me and spencer our our vocalists were going Mm -hmm. through like old myspace pages and just looking at all the old band promo pictures (laughs) and like it's just not acceptable anymore yeah man it's kind of like it's kind of weird right it's great it's funny it's 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 it is before you, I feel like you just be able to put up a camera and you take a picture. And it's like, all right, that's a band promo. But nowadays it's like, Oh right. no, you definitely can't put that out. <laughs> Dude, there was this hardcore band from my area called the carrier and they did, they were pretty successful for a little bit and they never ever once took a promo picture their entire duration of the band. Like they Wait, tour what? all over the world, <laughs> tour huge tours, never, never, ever took a promo picture. Wait, I how did that, that even work? <laughs> I don't know. They were just like a hardcore band on bridge nine. And like, I I have no idea. They were getting constantly like really solid tours. um, And no one knew what they looked like. I guess they always just had their like logo as their picture. And that was it. Dude, That is absolutely insane. That's it's kind of like, uh, what was that sleep token a little now? But I I mean, they take, Mm -hmm. They take photos, but you know it's in their you know their full sleep token right. gear. <laughs> um, so right, it's like right. it's, I guess it's a little different, but I guess kind of like that. But I don't. That would never yeah, work. Same idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys seem to have some pretty good um, marketing behind you now too. Um, yeah, now. <laughs> well, talk to me about that. What was it like before? All right. So when we first started doing this, uh, our, our video guy, who is also our photographer, his name is Christian. He's one of my best friends. Uh, when I moved back to New York City, I had just met him and he wanted to hop, you know, he wanted to get into videos and stuff like that, but he didn't want to just do it for the pay. So he approached me. And he was like, hey, I want to I want to spend some time with a band and kind of like grow with them. 
and you know like honing my craft with the band and then also like maybe as the band grows like we'll have content and everything else and so that was kind of how like i started the whole thing but our first pictures and videos were all really terrible and um <laughs> it's not it's you know it's not just his fault it's it's me and him joke about it all the time it's both of our faults because he didn't know what he was doing but also i had no clue what the hell i was doing uh and it, it somehow somewhere along the lines like i just started looking at other bands and i, I really got invested in what you know what i should look like and what i sh how i should like approach this whole thing and he got into fashion and so like that kind of made our promos and everything else just <laughs> go way like start actually getting better from where it was yeah yeah i i definitely like the look and it's interesting to see uh like that that high fashion mm -hmm. world to kind of break into the scene the past five years or so i love it i, I, um, I a lot of people love heard. that so much like i so a lot of uh, there's an, another thing a lot Me of people too. know i love fashion to the point where i have closets full of clothes that i never wear um it's just stuff that i bought because i like it and i've always wanted to wear but never had a, a reason to and now that like fashion is more into like the whole like band aesthetic thing it's it's become this thing now where i i kind of want to do a more fashionable thing with the band also and just making more of not just a band but a brand all around like oh man these guys can do these things and, and they can also do those other things and you know they also wear all these clothes that look great and i i definitely right. want to like make it a more you know make it something that like it has everything that i want all around <laughs> instead of just the yeah, music well, it's also like, I don't know if, if, if you've had this experience, but I, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's that band, um, Polyphia, mm -hmm. um, super cool instrumental band. And I had heard them many times, always enjoyed it. And then I saw their video and they have like, you know, like hypey clothes on and stuff. And the imagery is really cool. And it just made me get into that band so much more like that stuff really really matters Dude. it's just a vibe and it like changes how you hear the music and stuff it really is man that image is like images a lot of people don't want to hear this but image really is everything like and that's a perfect example because i listened to polyphia before all the time and then they put out one music video i don't even remember which video it was but the uh the main guitarist had like this crazy neck tattoo and like this huge like uh, this oversized sweater and he was just he just looked fresh and i was like bro this is lit like this is i love everything yeah. about this and yeah, i've been i I'm love super that, into that it gives off it gives off like this hype factor where you're like okay this is just like you said this is a vibe this is a whole vibe right right it's like the music changes when you see that because it's not like it's not like it's no longer a bunch of like nerdy guitar do dudes like noodling around, right? Like, it's, yeah, it just is a whole different feeling. I think the it's nerdy awesome. guitar and dudes I, are going to get really mad at this podcast, by the way. <laughs> I know, I know. That's like half the dudes in my band too. So, <laughs> so funny. but whatever. I can appreciate that stuff too. But like you said before, I am like, I was having this conversation with with our guitarist maybe a few months ago, and I was like. I can really appreciate when there's a moment in a song where you can tell the musicianship is is high quality, but it is yeah. so much more gratifying to me when the complete song is just great, right? And if yeah. you have to sacrifice that musicianship for it, then that's fine. 
because mm-hmm. the, the end product, like the whole thing is far more important to me, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that entirely, man. Um, there's been times where I've pulled back on like a lot of things and it's just because that sounded good, but it wasn't what the song needed. And just, I was like, right. all right, well, I don't, right. you know, I'll appreciate that because it was there and I did it and I like it, but it's not, maybe the song won't appreciate it because it's, you know, it's not making the song any better. It's just something that I do. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about uh, songwriting and stuff for a long time, but I don't want to forget <laughs> yeah, to go into your pants. So, so. <laughs> I think we think very similarly in that. And actually, I'm going to talk to you about it after we wrap up because oh, yeah, I have some more questions. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. Sure. Um, but um, let's go back into the band. Uh, tell me about um, what you guys, I mean, I let, let's go through some releases because I, I was trying okay. to put it all together. Your most recent release was an EP, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And then what, was, were you, yeah. what? That's the one that you just said your your friend had produced. Is that right? Uh, that was the first one we did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so the, the first EP was the lights EP. Yeah, that my friend produced. Right, right, right. Okay, gotcha. So that one is is honestly I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it. I've Don't listen to it. It's not good. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is that your official stamp to everyone listening to you? Yeah. If, if you go back and listen to the Lights EP, there's one good song on it. It's called Monster, and that's it. Listen to that, and then just completely throw the rest of the EP in the trash. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I appreciate that. Got to be honest, um, man. <laughs> so let's talk about the newest one then. Okay. Um, when did you release that? Uh, so we released it December 4th. That was uh, about two yeah, weeks ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, super quick. That's awesome. And how's it? Yeah. How's the um, reception been? It's been insane. I, 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 I don't know how, how people are catching on to us. Um, well, I mean, I, I do know some things like obviously like there's like the advertisements and everything else. Um, but it's, it, it's insane to think that this many people like our music because we, We've had two EPs before this. So we had that one that I was telling you that my friend produced. And then we had another one after that called the Black EP um, that was produced by Sean Christmas. And um, they that one did really well, um, but it didn't do as good as this one. And so, you know, obviously this is our first release on a label. And I was like, you know, it's an EP. It'll do fine. But I had no I had no expectations for it. And this is it's been absolutely insane. Well, I think you're uh your first single that you dropped off this one that was massive right um so the first single was actually shameless yeah yeah oh, we dropped okay. a single shameless we dropped the a single one. before that um it was called shameless so we have a music video with it that was the the whole announcement that we signed to spine farm and everything else and then uh we did we dropped massive with the record oh okay for some reason i thought i had heard massive before that so it's weird massive more most people think that also because massive got picked up by octane and then everyone heard massive first and now um octane also picked up shameless and so people think shameless is the second single got it that's where i did hear it i remember now i was in um the car with spencer our vocalist and drew falk our the guy that's producing our album Mm -hmm. And we were listening to Octane that came on. That's exactly where I heard it. There we go. <laughs> okay. Octane, bring everyone together. together. <laughs> Octane is huge, man. Have, Octane is so huge for bands. 
I'm pumped to see you guys doing well on there. I, I've, I've always listened to Octane, um, but I, I honestly never thought that I'd have a song on there. And even when, you know, my team approached me with that, like, oh yeah, you know, maybe we'll pitch for it on the record or something else. Like I was just like, yeah, whatever, dude, like we're such a tiny band. No one's going to care about us. And it literally almost instantly happened. That's That's great. Yeah. They're, they're so great there too. And they like, they, they, I like that all those guys, at least from, from what I can tell at Octane are, are real, like true fans of music. You know, there's, there's less of like this corporate radio structure that I get from that station as I, as you do from like a lot of the FM stuff. And, you know, we, we've formed relationships with a lot of people over there and I'm sure you guys uh, are talking or at least will talk and everything. They seem to be pushing you guys a ton. So yeah, we've had, we've had some small conversations with them. I haven't had anything like extensive because I've been like super busy lately, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like when Mm -hmm. it comes down to it, we'll, we'll have conversations. (laughs) I'll get to meet everyone. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, push for that Octane tour, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling I, you, that's I would kill to go on. Weren't you guys on that? Yeah, we headlined the Octane yeah, tour. Yeah, you guys last headlined year. the last one. Yeah, that's right. It was. I, I remember it was you guys, yeah. uh, Wake Alas, and like some other. Band. I'm not sure who the other bands. Yeah, were. it was Fit for a King. It was us, Fit for a King, um, Light the Torch, and Awake at Last. Gotcha. Yeah, it was yeah, I remember that. And Awake yeah. at Last, they're another band, right? They're they're another one of those bands that they're from your area, right? New yeah, York. they're they're from they're from around here. They're like scattered around New York City. Imram's actually my mm-hmm. booking agent, also. Now, oh, is he? Yeah. So I used yeah, to work for Artery. Uh, well, it used yeah, to be called okay. Artery, but I was yeah. a, I was a booking agent there too. Nice. Um, so me and, me and Imran oh, well, have man. known each other for a very long time. There you go. Yeah, Imran's yeah. A great he just. Dude. Uh, Oh, he's a great dude. He just picked us up. I want to say maybe about like a month ago or something like that. Oh, that's awesome! And he yeah, is. Well, I've um, known him. I've known him for right a while now, now too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got the COVID. <laughs> yeah, he's got the Rona. I I was actually the other day he posted that, and I was gonna text him and be like, "Well, you have Rona, so I guess I should fire you now." Like, there's no <laughs> there's no sense in having him on. You're gonna die. <laughs> but then, and then I thought about it. Like, well, that's, that's probably that that's probably not a nice thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um have you guys had any discussions about touring moving forward so he has plans for us i don't want to know any of them yet because i <laughs> i really want to tour and I'm, when someone gives me a plan i'm the kind of person that thinks it's a definite thing and so i start preparing for it right because my brain just starts firing um and so he he did say he has mm-hmm. plans i don't know any of them and i hope it stays that way until you know <laughs> until it's ready to actually be a thing there you go. I like that. We have some things in the works, I, I guess, but um, we do have something like booked and announced. Um, and I don't, I have no idea if it's going to happen. It's um, actually I have to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. I hope um, so, man. You Slam guys always have something booked. And... You guys are like the biggest man in the universe, at least to me. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Not it's crazy man, like... to, to hear that. Like I haven't been in this band that long. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've officially been in the band for. Let me think here. Jeez, like, I, has it been a year? Look, Almost you don't two even years. Know. That's because you've been doing so much that you lost track of all time. <laughs> Dude, it really is like crazy. I joined this band at at a time when they were just exploding, and and it feels weird talking about it because, like, I still refer to. 
ice nine is they i don't call it we because it's yeah. <laughs> it's just weird to me do you know what i mean yeah and like i've been uh i've been part of this this family like the ice nine family for a very very long time because my band growing up we were signed to the same label we're from the same area i helped them write a little bit here and there and then you know played acoustic shows with them when members weren't available and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden i was just like thrown in to playing like 1500 2000 cap rooms and be like when yeah. did this band become this <laughs> it's insane Dude, i i saw ice nine back i don't remember what year it was but i saw them years ago um, play in this little place in Brooklyn called the Party Expo, and there was about 15 kids there. It was like them. Yeah. I was in some local band. Uh, we played, and I met Spencer at that show, and I only met him because he came up to me after the set, and I think we spoke for like three minutes, and he said that he was tired and thirsty, and I gave him an Arizona drink, and that was that was the whole conversation. <laughs> and then dude, fast forward now, I, so I've always... Dude, I always thought that like... Ice Nine was one of the best bands in the scene. And then uh, around the time where uh, Communion of the Curse came out, the video for that, that was when the band like really, really started taking off. And I remember yeah. telling all my friends, like, dude, this is this is it. Like, this is this is their break. And I guarantee you, once they get put in front of huge crowds, people are going to catch on and literally be like, oh, man, we've been sleeping on this band forever. Do you know how long Ice Nine has been a band? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I think it's been twenty years. Jesus. I think it's I think it's twenty years next month. Next month, I think. Damn. It's crazy. That is crazy. He, Spencer has never been in another band in his life. Like this is a band he started in middle school, and it's the same band. It's crazy. Well, he's been grinding, and now here he is. So, yeah, <laughs> dude deserves he it. Is, the real real story of like actual perseverance and like grinding super diy adapting to the times and just mm -hmm. forcing it to happen you know yeah it's pretty inspiring you gotta he, he's um, one of the yeah he's yeah, one of the man, people that i, I look I, to and I, what was that go ahead no sorry go oh. ahead i i think our delay, um, our, we have a little bit of lag <laughs> yeah he's uh he's one of the people that i look to and i always tell everyone like he did it his way Everyone else was doing something different and he stuck to what he, what he knew and what he wanted and he made it work and he came out on the other side, not even fine, but better than a lot of the other bands who were doing the popular thing at the time. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Right. Yeah. You you got to give it to him. Like there's, there is no other band quite like ice nine with, the imagery and the, and the whole theme around it. And, and the thing that I think uh, people can relate to with it is that you can actually tell that Spencer is like fully obsessed and lives and breathes like the horror movie thing and yeah. like incorporating into like, dude, he, he is, it's, I don't think people truly know how obsessed he is with this stuff. It's yeah. like crazy. <laughs> he like but I mean it works man on, yeah he it's it's perfect and and I always tell people like don't sacrifice your vision because you can you will find people that share it and you yeah. might be surprised with how big that group of people is mm -hmm. you know I totally agreed yeah all right anyway let's jump back in we keep yeah. <laughs> veering off um 
So with your band, so touring is kind of a question mark. You just dropped the album. Uh, reception has been great with it. What else are you working on um, besides that? Because I know, you know, everything's kind of the whole industry is on hold right now. Are you just mm -hmm. continuing to write? So we did this EP and then we also wrote an entire album, um, which uh, we're waiting to get back. And then we got home and I started writing a bunch of acoustics. I started writing for the record after that, which I'm already, I think, 12 songs deep into that. So I've just kind of been writing wow. and learning, uh, you know, just learning more of like how I can how I can get just more people to be interested in the band, like, you know, via social with the whole social media thing and everything else. That's pretty much all I've been doing lately and eating. <laughs> yeah. So just and eating and playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> What, what's what's the go-to game for you right now? Ah, uh, man, I I I love everything, but I I can never get over uh, Street Fighter and like Dragon Ball. I I used to play competitive um, fighting games. Um, oh, I used wow. to play fighting games competitively. Um, I was actually supposed to go to Evo this year, and then what's you know, Evo? so Evo is like a huge gaming competition for uh, fighting games. So you fly out to Vegas. Wow. And there's all these sponsors like Red Bull and everything else. And you play video games in front of thousands of people. And it's a competition. So, like, they'll have different video games. So, like, there will be a panel for Mortal Kombat and you join that and you battle up the ranks. And then at the end, there's, like, a last match between you and whoever it is. And you're, like, the best gamer in the world for that specific That's game. crazy. Yeah. So do I was you have to, to be invited to, to that? You do have to be invited to it. So I know a couple of people who... Uh, I know a couple of people through Twitch who I started playing video games with and um, they got invited and they were like, hey, dude, you should come and you just play some casuals and let, let me introduce you to some people and everything else. And so I was going to fly out and do that because I'm actually I don't like to brag, but I'm like, because I have no life, I'm too good at these fighting games. <laughs> and so I was excited for it. But then, you know, Rona happened and I was like, well, all right, there's always next year, I guess. That's pretty cool. I, I actually, I know uh, a friend of mine that I used to be in a, this pop band with years ago um, was like one of the highest ranked um, Call of Duty players in the world or something. And he used to always have to go fly to Asia and then to Canada and stuff and go play. And pretty, we that, that whole world is just so foreign to me. The video yeah. game, like, competitive world. It's Except weird now, when you dude, it. But it's super, it's super inviting when you, when, like when you actually meet the community, like everyone is like super friendly and super inviting now. Oh yeah. I, my, my, like, um, my COVID obsession has been, um, formula one. Like I got super wow. into formula one racing and now I'm like super into the formula one game and I'm discovering that all these like huge companies like the same companies that have racing teams like mercedes and and porsche and ferrari actually have ea teams right like or whatever they're called like like video game teams so yeah. they have like a few drivers ferrari e-game drivers it's crazy and they go to the ferrari yeah. facilities and like train with the teams it's like so intense and i had no idea that it's like their full-time job. They're making millions of dollars with crazy sponsorships and they're just playing racing games. Dude, that's like is, my that dream. Is that's awesome. that, that is a dream. 
that's a huge so crazy right dude these guys have like their own fashion lines and stuff they're like because you know formula one is not like a u.s thing that yeah. much but like the rest of the world it's huge and they're like worldwide celebrities yeah so for, oddly enough i know i know they have fashion because uh one of the one of the brands that i usually buy from uh black pyramid which is uh chris brown's uh brand uh they do formula one jerseys and i have a couple yeah. of them Yep. And I, I absolutely you? love the way they look. Yeah, I have a couple of them. I love the way they look. I don't care. I've had people ask me, yeah. like, oh, my God, where'd you get that jersey? What sport is that? I'm like, it's Formula One. <laughs> you wouldn't know that they have jerseys, but they have, like, you know, they have the, the attire that they wear, too, and it, it can be fashionable. Yeah, dude, that that the best driver in the world right now has a huge fashion line with with Tommy Hilfiger, and it's dope. Dude, that is <laughs> like insane. I was looking at it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you got to check it out. It's so sick. Um but anyway, yeah. So video games, writing, uh, and just keeping your head down, right? Not much else you can really do. Yeah, just, you know, trying to stay out of trouble, I guess, because that's like really yeah. <laughs> the only thing you can do now. What's it like uh, in New York? Because I know it was pretty rough at the early on in the quarantining, but how's it like? How, um... What's it like there now? It's not as bad as it was before. Uh, I think the media makes it look a lot worse, which is like really crappy, but it is what it is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people are people are wearing masks and being distant. There are those who don't care and they're just like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. But you don't really find that too often, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's not too bad, I guess, you know? Yeah, I just I, I flew into Boston yesterday from L.A., and um, I had no issues, but my, my girlfriend flew a couple of weeks earlier than me out here. And there was some gotcha. guy that was like refusing to put his mask on on the plane and causing a huge scene and yeah. delaying the flight and all that stuff. In those cases, it's like, dude, just like, just put it, just do it. Like you're just making yeah. everyone mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those like, things where a mask any shouldn't be that hard to put up, right? Like a dude is just right. a mask. Put up your mask and shut up. Right. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's it's not worth like embarrassing yourself in front of hundreds of people on a plane. Yeah, but you, you can't know? tell some people that because they won't listen. Yeah, well, we'll see what the comments are like on this episode after now that I've said that. <laughs> They're going to hate us. They're going to hate my band. Yeah, no, that's well, okay. <laughs> we have a lot of fans all over the country with different views of stuff. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's funny about it? I feel like... Lately, I've been more, um, more myself lately. I don't know if you guys go through this. Uh, when we first got picked up, I was like super safe about everything. And I was like, oh man, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like I should, I should go on interviews and be the most proper person ever. And lately I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to say whatever I want and just, I just have to be myself. And I noticed more people kind of like that. They're like, oh dude, like I watched this interview and you said this and that. And I'm like, I totally agree. I'm like, oh, Okay sweet i don't have to be like yeah. this you know totally. like this perfect dude yeah, like authenticity you know like having that veil over stuff you can you can tell like you can watch interviews and tell when people are hamming it up yeah i was like super scared of interviews at first i, I was like oh, I, I gotta practice this and i gotta do this and that and now i'm just like oh, i'm just gonna put on a mic and just whatever comes out of my mouth that's the interview sorry <laughs> <laughs> so we i was in this band <clears throat> before ice nine years ago called the venetia fair and oh, I know that band. oh do you oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my band before before this i played piano in that band nice um, yeah but our whole shtick was like 
exactly what you said. It was like, we're not going to play the game of, you know, pretending to be like the fun, happy band or whatever. Our like biggest inspiration for that stuff was Horse the Band because they were oh, fucking so hilarious. And, and like yeah. their interviews were just amazing and so uncomfortable. And if they weren't having fun in the interview, they would like let the interviewer know in like yeah. more than one way. <laughs> and so we adopted that. And it has just become how I deal with kind of every publicity thing I do now is just, I'm, I'm super candid. I like to be friends with the person. Like I like to establish a rapport instead of just kind of answering the questions and yeah. it's just more fun and authentic. And, and I've pissed some people off in the process, I'm sure here and there, but I think, uh, you know, I like if, if people want to follow and listen to an interview that I'm doing or whatever, they should, I feel like they should know, who they're listening to instead of just some like yeah. scripted thing, you know? Yeah, man. Like it's, it's like, Hey, this is who I am. I might, my opinions might not be something you agree with, but that's okay. Like at least, you know, I'm open to conversation. If you don't agree with something I say, we can totally have like a civil conversation about it and discuss it, but it's just, I'd rather just be myself than kind of, you know, be this, this, just this artificial thing that I feel like a lot of people get caught up doing. Right. Yep. Totally agree. Um, all right, man. Well, listen, I, I've kept you for a good amount of time. I feel like we've got a good <laughs> uh, basis of the band here. I want to um, dive into how we usually wrap up our, our episodes, and that's just covering gotcha. a couple tour stories. Now, you can do this from any time. Like, it doesn't have to be with Varsity or whatever, because you have experience touring from way back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's hear if you have any funny or interesting any stories that you have from your time on the road? Um, I have one funny story, which I, I still think of all the time. Uh, at the end of one of our tours, uh, a former drummer of ours, he met a girl on tour, same day, and he like fell in love with her. And so he decided he was going to move in with her that same day on tour. It was the end of the tour. And so she, she was going to come to our show that night and stuff like that. And she ended up not coming. So we drove all the way back to her house so that he can say goodbye because he didn't want to leave without saying bye. And instead of when we were getting to her house, instead of waiting for us to pull up, he jumped out of the van onto the road and just like rolled down the road. Like it, it looked Wait. like a hostage. It looked like we we took him hostage and he jumped out of the van. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's so many questions I have here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait. So he met he met a girl. Mm -hmm. How, where did he meet her? So he at, met at her online. She was yeah, she, he met her online. She was coming to the show. Um, she told us that we could shower in the house before the show and stuff like that. Um, which we appreciated. Uh, so we went. He you know he showered. They hung out for a bit. I was sleeping in the van. Uh, we ended up driving out to the show that night. Um, she was supposed to meet us there. He confessed his love for her and everything else and decided he wanted to marry her. Um, and then, you know, the rest of that, <laughs> that was the rest of the night. I'm so confused. You have to slow down the story. Yeah, it's, it's weird, man. <laughs> this girl, like two hours after meeting her, and then she didn't come to the show. Yeah, she did. She couldn't come to the show because uh, she she had like roommates and like one of them was like supposed to babysit like some animals, something like that. I don't remember what the story was, but she couldn't come to the show. And uh, so 
he wanted us to drive back to her house so that he can say bye properly to her because he was the love of his life, you know? And uh, on the way there, he jumped out of the van and rolled (laughs) down the street. (laughs) Was he just like so excited to get out of the van? I I guess he was just excited to see her. And so he just jumped out of the van. But we were doing like 50. It was like 40 or 50. Are you serious? Yeah, dude, he was, he was, to be fair though, also, he was pretty drunk when he did it. So I don't don't think his perception of how fast we were going was, you know, accurate, but he jumped out of the van. Did he get hurt? Uh, His like pants ripped and he got like bruises and stuff like that, but he just got up and walked it off. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and, he's no longer um, in the band. Um, but <laughs> well, married with that girl, right? Obviously. Well, they he left, uh, married, yeah, he girl. left and he left the band for her after that. Right after that, like we came oh. home and then, yeah, we we came home from that and then uh, he said that he was gonna go back and visit her and then he just ended up staying there forever, and then one day we had a show and he called me before the show and was like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm not, I'm, I live in Ohio, I'm not coming back to New York, and I'm like, sick. What? <laughs> yeah dude this is insane wait yeah please are they still together no so <laughs> a couple of months after that uh she broke up with him for another guy in a band oh my god what a story right what a, oh my god. <laughs> holy shit dude this amazing. is crazy it's the greatest so story this ever. dude Met a girl on tour, mm-hmm. just moved in with her pretty yep. much, and then yep. left the band, and then yep. she broke up with him, and then that's it. It's and over. Then that's it. Yep. It's over. <laughs> that is the worst. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, wow, at least he got to jump out of a van. <laughs> that's wild. That's that crazy. I, um, we, the only time I... I there was one time where I was, this was years and years and years ago too, um, where we were driving to the studio in Syracuse. We were going to record with Steve Sopchak in Syracuse. Um, and we were driving from Boston and I had like, I think I had like a six pack of PBR tall boys or something. And I just wasn't paying attention to how much I was drinking. And all of a sudden I just had to throw up and I just ripped open the door on the highway and kind of like, you know, the, the, the doors that they open, like, like two doors kind of open up. Um, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know, there's two yeah, doors yeah, and they open up. Yeah. Right? So, so I'm like, have both my arms outstretched on either side, holding myself in the van, like leaning all the way out the van, like doing 70 on the highway, just chucking, and there's just cars everywhere around me. That was the closest. And they had someone was like holding my shirt, making sure I wasn't falling or whatever. But that was a close one. And then there was another time that our guitarist on the highway took a dump outside of the van window. Like hang his <laughs> Dude, I have I, I've done that. I've done that before. Now we're, no. now we're driving though, but check this out on the last tour. Wow, I've never told anyone this story, and this is the first time I've ever said it publicly, so this is gonna be great. Um, I we played this show and we hung out with some fans afterwards, and they got me too drunk, and I had some food that was already messing on my stomach. 
And so that night, I I don't know how any of this happened, but I felt like I had to throw up because I was too drunk. I was stumbling all over the place. I stumbled out of the van. Luckily, I grabbed um, our guitarist. Paul keeps like a box of like wipes and stuff like by the door in the van. I grabbed a thing of wipes because mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously I'm like, oh, I gotta, I, like, I gotta throw up and I gotta, you know, clean myself off and everything else. And I suddenly, when I went to throw up, suddenly had the urge to just like poop. And so I pulled down my pants and I threw up and pooped in the exact same place. And then I cleaned myself <laughs> off and I went in the van. And I went to sleep. And in the morning, I woke up thinking it was a dream. And so I went to the back of the van, uh, to the trailer, because um, I had to get some stuff. And I saw all of, like, just the crap and the vomit there. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh that my actually God, happened. Dude. And so the first thing I did was grab my drummer and literally be like, dude, you got to check this out. Like, look what I did. Because <laughs> I had to show somebody. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, uh, I showed him. And he was like, what What the hell? Because, th- like, I'm not, this is going to be an overshare, but, like, the poop looked like soft serve. Like, it, ew, it, it ew, literally looked yeah. like, dude, it looked like someone, like, twisted, like, an ice cream cone out. And I was like, dude, what the hell? And so, yeah, that, that was so that gross. was my story. Never said that publicly well, until now, but uh, that was uh, a... No, I think- that's a good one. I, but that's yeah. different than what I'm talking about. This is, I'm talking, we were, like, going 65 miles on the highway and he opened up the front window <laughs> and hung himself out of the window. And he was also wearing um, aviator goggles at the time. <laughs> so, and we were like, in, we were in Boston too. Like this was not like in the middle of nowhere. This was on a busy highway. Dude, that is insane. Oh man. I wonder if he like caught anybody with the poop. Like when... <laughs> Oh, dude, that that dude, and he he was my roommate up until uh, until I moved to LA. He's he's a very close friend of mine. Oh, has since has since turned into a very responsible, respectful human being. He has oh. done some pretty <laughs> depraved stuff involving his his bodily fluids. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. You after you do so many things with you know bodily fluids, you you kind of have to grow up after that. <laughs> I'll send you a YouTube link to a, a, a pretty interesting one he did uh, Man, after this insane. one, but it's <laughs> pretty good. Um, Man, I'm gonna have to do some research on your on your drummer. I want I want to just have him on and ask him about uh, <laughs> that. that <story>. <laughs> <laughs> what was that relationship like, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, man, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Dude, um, thank you for having me. Like, this is super fun. Oh, absolutely, dude. And, and we'll definitely keep in touch because I think we, we have a lot in common, uh, same ideas on music and stuff. So, um, but before we wrap up, um, yeah, can you just kind of share, um, you know, anything that you're pushing right now? I know you got you're, you're pushing your uh, new EP, Cloud City. Um, but where can people find you and in, in your band on socials and stuff like that? Sweet. So my band varsity just dropped a brand new EP. It's called cloud city and you could find it on pretty much any streaming platform that you desire. And if you don't like streaming platforms, this is really nice website called kingdom leaks where you can just steal it from there. I don't care. Listen to it. Uh, if you want to find us on any website, we're on literally everything at V R S T Y dot N Y C. 
And if you want to find me and ask me more questions because I'm an open book and I will literally tell you everything that I'm not supposed to, um, you can find me anywhere at Joey Tyler with a three instead of an E because I'm, Sweet. you know, well, not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Um, and yeah, hopefully we talk soon. Dude, thank you so much for having me. And if you ever want to do this again, please let me know. This was so much fun. Oh, I absolutely will. Yeah, yeah. We'll exchange information. I'm going to hit stop recording, but don't go anywhere, okay? Absolutely, for sure. All right, man. Thanks again. Go on and bury me!
Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.